The Athletic. You're listening to Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. And just because it's an international break doesn't mean that we're going to keep quiet for a week. So here we are with your City men's team fix. I'm David Mooney. With me is The Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Hello. How are you doing? Good international break so far? Is it? Um, yeah. This is. I was going to. I was going to get into this because. Um, the game. Yeah, we've got a we've got a little peek behind the curtain to start with, uh, because uh, this week's show is a little bit smoke and mirrors in typical city style. Sam, you're not really here, are you? Because you're uh, you're away, aren't you, for the international break? So we've recorded a bit early. Yeah, and the fact that you said just because it's the international break doesn't mean we're going away, but that literally is the case for next week. Yeah, you're <laughs> well, not. I'm here. not, not going to be here anyway. You're, you're not going to be here. But, yeah. Good luck sorting some out. I'm sure you'll get JPB on, but yes, um, I'm, yeah. I, I am away. Um, yeah, I'm in Canada. So hello from Canada. Yeah, enjoy that. Uh, but it does mean that when you hear this, everybody, uh, you'll have seen the England games over the weekend. But for us, that hasn't happened yet. All will become clear on why that is important in a few minutes time as well. But first, if you sign up to The Athletic right now, you can read all of Sam's stuff on City when he's back, of course. And if you sign up now, you'll get 33% off the price of a full subscription. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash Man City pod. Um, now, Sam, the reason why uh, it's it, it could be important that everybody has seen the, the England games and, and we haven't so far uh, is that in the second half of last week's show, we opened the floor for questions from you guys at home. Um, and we actually to get in touch with questions for Sam. There were plenty on a wide range of topics. If you want to, you can go back and hear us discussing things like Bernardo Silva's situation, John Stones and how he gets back into the team, Rodri, Gundogan, Grealish, all those sorts of things. Uh, plus, there's reaction to that display in the 2 old draw at Anfield as well. But we also got a lot of questions about Raheem Sterling. And since his form for City has been worrying a lot of people, we wanted to give it a bit of space to be able to discuss it properly. So that's this week's show. Here we go. Uh, we'll start with a question, Sam, from uh, Alec Wood. It's uh, very simple. He says, do you believe that Sterling can turn it around? Uh, I mean, I'm going, to to, I'm going to go with yes, just because like putting faith in the ability that he's got and the fact that he's playing in a team where he's always going to get chances. You know, Pep's always going to keep picking him, not in every game, but he's, he's always going to get chances. Um, to why he's going to get chances to play. He's also going to get chances to score. You know, all those goals that he scored over the years, arriving at the back post, which, you know, Grealish said is really important for him to learn how to do. Um, so I'm going to go with yes. But it has been a while now since he showed his best form. And it'll be an interesting pod because I'm sure there'll be people listening to this who are like, well, I'm sure there'll be some who will like, stick to the back teeth of him. And there'll be some who are saying, oh, what are you talking about? Like his, his runs against PSG were really good. But I mean, what I would say is all this, oh yeah, well, his runs... Are, bollocks of that like where have all the goals gone you know stop losing the ball when you go through on goal have a shot like th this is what I'm saying I'm I'm kind of frustrated with him because he's so good and we know he's so good because uh, so the criticism of him that I've never bought into has been that you know he's a system player and he just scores tap-ins and all this and I was like well is being a system player is that an insult what is that you know understanding your tactical duties is you know, very important part of the job, especially in the Guardiola team. And he also had the commitment to do it, to take his game to new levels, which to be fair, have, you know, regressed a bit since. Was it, was but he not one he, of the first to kind of get it as well under Guardiola? Yeah, I think he probably was. And also he always had that kind of commitment to it that Sane didn't, for example. Um, I mean, I suppose now it's not like he's at the top of his game. So maybe, maybe... Maybe the Sane comparison is moot now, but as far as their careers at City go, you know he always he always kind of applied himself much more, and he implied himself as much as he needed to. So I never bought that as a criticism, but also it's, it's demonstrably not true because the thing about can he turn it around and all this is he's not been terrible for England, has he? Like he's not just playing badly now, and you think okay, this guy's washed up for whatever reason. Like he's clearly still a really threatening player, and also the way he plays for England is fairly different to how he plays for City and definitely different in terms of how you know, I would say there's there's no such kind of rigid tactical structures with England as there is with with City. with City. It's kind of just, you know, when Raheem gets the ball, you know, crack on. Or, you know, in the Euros he came deep a lot of the time. I think for for the, I think it was his goal against Germany, you know, he came deep to get the ball. Maybe did he win it on the halfway line. You know, you've got to stay in your position at City. So he's got he has got the the individual ability and we're seeing that with England, but at City, 
we've we're not really seeing it. And you know, I'm not saying he's been a disaster recently, but he's he's nowhere near um the level from the end of 2018-19 and arguably the start of 1920, the first few games of 1920. Well, I want to. I want to go back to to 1920. Just like yeah. right before the pandemic started, um, City played over the Christmas period. They played uh, a game at Wolves. Uh, they lost three two, but they went two 0 up. Um, and that was. I remember. I remember that being a really, really strange game for for Sterling on an individual level because oh, course, obviously yeah. they got, they got the penalty. They went down to ten men. They got the penalty. Uh, he missed. Guardiola wanted somebody else to take the retake of the penalty when it when the VAR yeah. overturned the the miss. Uh, and Sterling went, yeah, no, like I'm having it. Yeah, Very clearly, like, yeah. waving his arms like he did Anfield at the weekend. And, you know, um, Sterling went, no, I'm having it. And he he stepped up again, missed again, but got lucky in that the rebound fell to him and he could pop it in the, into the empty net. And then the, in the second yeah. half, he scores a really, really, really good goal. It was a, it was a nice little, yeah. it was a run-through, a nice little um, uh, dink over the top of uh, Patricio. Um, obviously, the, the rest of the game happens. The City go on to, to lose 3-2. That's not Sterling's fault. It was a, a, a complete catastrophic team performance in the end. Um, and everything seemed okay for him at that point. The pandemic comes along, there's the, there's the break, and you know everything's kind of meandering along. Then, I, then we kind of reach the back end of last season. And I remember around the Southampton game at the Etihad, there was something brewing at that time. Uh, here was what Guardiola said to Sky Sports after that game. City won 5-2. Uh, Sterling was a substitute that didn't get on the pitch. And this, is, this was uh, a, a clip from Pep's interview. The players will decide for their behaviours and how they compete. Now, now arriving the right moment of the season. In the right moment of the season, when it's not many games, of course, they're going to play the players who helped me a lot during this season, helped the team a lot. The players, uh, I'm going to rotate less. It's going to the players who, who think about, uh, you know, the club and uh, the team. And uh, the rest will sit in the bench. And then afterwards, uh, City went to Fulham the following weekend and won 3-0. Uh, but Sterling was left out entirely. He didn't even travel with the team. Afterwards, in the press conference, uh, this happened. Just wanted to ask Pep, there was no Raheem Sterling tonight. Is he, is he OK? Is he just resting? Yeah, he's OK. Does he does he come back into the squad for Tuesday night, Pat? Tomorrow we'll have the training. We'll see. Just felt like he needed a bit of a rest, yeah. Eric deserves to be here too. So Nathan Ake will be soon here too. So everybody want to be involved from the beginning. So now it's perfect because we take six, seven players every game. Everybody's fit. You know, it's going, it's working well. Or how brilliant we are in our decisions. And after. Uh, the feed we're going to take or going to you know to complain or to, to to say why we rotate too much or why the players don't play or didn't play in that game we miss them so to win the title especially the Premier League and all the titles we need everyone 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 now there were lots of rumours at that time Sam uh, I'm not going to make you go through them again because I thought the easiest thing to do was just go back to that podcast the week after and find out what we talked about so uh, this is what you said on uh, that week's show that summed up what had happened that week if you remember, in November, it was basically the start of the season. City weren't playing well, and the narrative, fueled by Guardiola, actually, because Guardiola was talking every week about, uh, oh, we, you know, we've got to play three times a week. There's no time to train. It's just recover. We didn't have a preseason. Uh, you know, the schedule's bad. You know, we're, it's the whole, you know, we're killing the players, that kind of thing. So he was asked, I think it was after the Burnley game, because City had a Champions League game next, and they'd already qualified with two games to spare. The question was another innocent one. You know, you've got a couple of Champions League games now. Are you going to rotate? And that's when he did the, I don't care if people have been here two or three years and they've won trophies. If they're not performing now, they ain't playing. I found out since that the, the, the main person that was aimed at was Laporte. So Wednesday, after the Southampton game, the question was another innocent one. It was, everyone's fit. This is a good position for you, isn't it? And then he, he did the whole... Um, People who think about the team and not themselves will play. And if they don't think about the team, then they'll be on the bench. And then, yeah, roll around Saturday. Saturday evening. Um, um, so, And this is the mad thing, right? Because Saturday evening, there was the rumour about um, a bust-up. I don't think it mentioned any names. But the player was unhappy about being left out against Southampton, made his case known. So it, it happened between the rumour, alleges it happened between... Guardiola telling the players the team on Wednesday morning and before kickoff, and the rumor was there'd been a bit of a bust up, and Pep had bollocked the player and said, "No, you know, 
this isn't how we do things. And, and then obviously Sterling was left out against Fulham. And then obviously Pep's quotes came out at half 10, which are kind of like, to go way back to what you were saying about making a point, it's obvious, I think, just from what Pep said after this West, the Wednesday game and the Fulham game when he was asked specifically about Sterling, it's obvious I, I would suggest to you, the listener, that something has happened. And obviously because Sterling's denied it, which is fair enough, a lot of fans are either saying... Well, just nothing happened, obviously, because Sterling's denied it. Or they've listened to what Guardiola said and gone, OK, well, it's just a bit of a storm in a teacup. So that's where we were uh, after the Southampton and Fulham game, Sam. Um, I don't really remember at that point if there were any any concerns about his form. Um, that Because that was in March. But then by the Dortmund tie in early April, I remember thinking that Sterling does not get into my preferred eleven right now. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I wrote about this at the weekend as well. Uh well, God, the weekend before last, before the Liverpool game. Um, and just going back to his form then, I remember when City, you know, they won Anfield and then it was it beat Spurs 3-0 at home the week after last season. He was he was good in those games. Um, but I, I think it was probably a, a lesser version of the situation we've got now where people are like, oh yeah, well, you know, he makes good runs when he plays number nine or whatever and he threatens the team, which to be fair, Pep said as well. Um, but okay. But back then it was, yeah, he, like, he did really well. He was really threatening. Um, but he, he still wasn't kind of, wasn't scoring the goals to, to the same extent. And I think it was probably, because when in the little timeline we did starting at 2019-20 in that Wolves game, it was just before the pandemic, I remember. After that Wolves game, it did get like, I remember writing an article justifying why he was in the team because of all the defensive work rate that he did and the runs and the positioning and, and everything that Guardiola wants him to do, he was doing that, but he was missing some horrific chances. It was at a time when City were missing a lot of really bad chances, but he was missing most. Uh, and I remember then a lot of fans, you know, just from Twitter or whatever, um, was, was saying he should come out of the team then. Then the pandemic happened. And he came back, scored loads of goals. Then Leon happened. And then last season kind of came in. And fair enough, um, in that, 2019-20 season, something I should say is not everybody was playing well anyway. Hardly anyone had a good season that year. I think didn't De Bruyne get Player of the Year, but basically everyone else was a bit patchy. So it's yeah. it's fair enough that Sterling was as well. Might but, have been um, Mahrez, actually, last, but yeah, yeah, yeah. His form last season, um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I don't think leading up basically to, to him coming out of the team, but it wasn't the same. You know, the goals weren't quite there with such regularity as they had been in 2018-19 and 2017. 18 um, and then yeah you're right suddenly April came around and when he was basically one of the stars of that second string team that Guardiola picked in all the Premier League games when you know for the Leeds game and the the Chelsea FA Cup semi-final I suppose also the Chelsea Premier League game um, West Ham game as well possibly um, but basically there was a lot of games at the end of the season when Guardiola was resting people for the Champions League because they just played or they were just about to play. And Sterling was in that team. And that's when he kind of really looked like he was struggling. You know, people were going on about his touch and just running into players or dribbling off the back of the pitch or whatever. Um, is, and that's is when there, he suddenly seemed like really low form. Is there a, a problem with that though, in that uh, obviously when he's in that team, it's really hard to then build form if it is a patchwork team yeah. built on yeah, exactly. built from, from players Absolutely. that aren't aren't supposed to, like are just not going to play at the weekend. So you, you end up building yeah. a team in a formation that doesn't really work, but there are 11 available players that, that you can rotate into the in, into the starting 11 for a midweek or for a, a weekend game when you're focusing on the midweek. Yeah, exactly. It, it is difficult. And it's like when, uh, not City, because obviously City do really well in the, particularly in the Carabao Cup. But normally, when teams throw together like a reserve team, like United are a, a great example of this. United can put out a team of like eleven internationals, but you know when they when they got beat by West Ham the other week, who played like Matter and Matic, and um, I mean I, I I don't even know, I can't remember, but like the players they put out, you would think they should win this match, but when you just chuck a a team together like that, it, it is difficult to get rhythm. And I think City's players towards the end of the season struggled with that a bit. And it wouldn't be right to judge Sterling by the same standards. But this uh, the, this is one of those heavy statements that I can see being clipped up and put on Twitter <laughs> while I'm away. Um, but it, I, I do think there's been a steady decline in his output at City over the last two years. 
Um, but obviously that's coincided at a time when he's playing really well for England. I can't remember the number now. I, if I was more professional and, well, less distracted these days, I would have remembered the start I put in my own article. But it was something like he scored two goals in his first like, 45 England games and he scored 16 or 18 in the last 25. So, Again, it's not like a general decline as a footballer. Even if he was if he was playing badly for England, we could say, even if we were probably wrong, we could say, well, it looks like he's tailing off. It looks like he's done. What's going on? You know, does he need to change this? Does he need to change that? But because he's still playing well, well, he's playing really well for England at a time when he's not playing quite so well for City. It's an interesting one. And it's obvious that to go back to your first question, he can turn it around because he's still, he's still working hard. He's still doing it. But I don't know, maybe... I don't know. I don't know. Does something need to change at City? And what I mean? What? Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll kind what, of. I mean, what would that be? Would that? Would that be? You know, he gets back in on the left, or Foden? Maybe Foden plays on the right. Apparently, Foden prefers playing on the right of the attack. Which I thought look, he was supposed to be a midfielder. Let, let, let alone being played out of position on the wrong side. Let's but, not open that can of worms right now, shall no, we? Let's, but, yeah. Well, let's say he goes on the right, or Raheem goes on the right, or whatever. And let's say he gets a few goals, and then you know, all of a sudden, the confidence is back. He scores a one-on-one, he scores a penalty, and he's flying again, and all of a sudden we click and we go, oh, what were we worried about? Um, I don't know, or maybe if it's not that, maybe it's when Guardiola leaves, if he signs a contract. Yeah. Or maybe he doesn't sign a contract, and maybe he goes. I don't know. Like It's got to be one of those three options, really. Because well, that- because we are into the last two years of his contract now. He's either going to go, he's either going to sign a new one, and, and then that will either be... He starts performing for Guardiola with a run of goals and games, or Guardiola goes. He signs a contract and and he does well under the next manager. I mean, I know that there's very three very different scenarios, scenarios there, yeah. and some are more kind of I don't know inflammatory, I guess, than the others. But that that can be the only thing, really. You know, it's it's if if whether he does really badly or does really well, that's how it's going to happen. So I know it's not really saying a lot, but the Guardiola thing. It was reported in the Telegraph, wasn't it, last week that him and Guardiola and um, Sterling sat down at the start of the season and it was kind of agreed to disagree over a few things and move on. But um, it's, it's yeah, it, it's a very interesting one with Sterling because I was speaking to somebody yesterday who knows him, not knows him, not knows him inside out and not knows him to the extent of saying, oh, he's going to do this or he's going to do that, but knows him more than I do, certainly. And I you know, saw him recently. And his, and he was like, he goes, just I don't see why, I don't don't see why or how he'd sign that contract at the moment because he's not happy, um, and it doesn't like. But what? Why would why would you commit to that kind of uncertainty? Yeah, you know, if he wants to play more, but at the same time, where's he going to go? And we've we've said this all summer, you know, when we talked about not just him but other City players, um, who could have left in the summer. Where where are they going to go? Especially at the moment, but even I don't know next summer or the summer after. Like, I don't know, couldn't go back to Liverpool, wouldn't go United, I don't know, Chelsea maybe? And then other than that, they've got, we've got the Barcelona link. And now I believe they do like him, but it's like the old Phoenix Knights quote, I want a moonwalk, son, but life's a shithouse. Like our Barca, <laughs> afford, our, our Barca afford in Sterling. Yeah, it's not happening. Um, so, I mean, look, if that, if that situation changes and they get a big injection of cash or whatever the hell they can do, maybe Gerard Piquet, takes another pay cut then maybe maybe I could see that but um, I'd still say that's a long way off because as far as I know there's no concrete interest from a, a big club that Sterling would be interested in going to right now I might be wrong Yeah, that's a, that's an assumption um, so with that being said it's then so far off the, him leaving there's plenty of time for him to kind of play his way back in this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Well, let's. I mean, then we get to the end of last season, um, where he rather unexpectedly started the Champions League final. I don't think anybody really saw that coming in the in the run up to the final, uh, and obviously City didn't perform in that. But it obviously isn't down to him that they didn't perform in that uh, in that game. In fact, it would, Sterling was one of the players that actually caused Chelsea the odd problem from from time to time in that game. But the old, the age old problem of not taking a, a shot when he was through and or, or not being decisive in the penalty area was bad also touch. there. When Edison yeah. picked him out earlier on, just bad touch. Yeah, um, like Anfield last week. I know we're skipping ahead, but like I watched, I, I said it in the recap of the game. Um, match of the day two didn't even show his chances at the end when he went through. I've only seen one of them back since, even on one of the other highlights. But I remember being at Anfield, sitting twice he ran through on goal, or at least in the vague direction of goal, thinking, oh God, if he scores now, it's going to be amazing. He just kind of just meandered away. Like, it's just, it's so it's so frustrating. But yeah, anyway, yeah, the Champions League final was, yeah, it was mad that he started. and it, it, But it was a mad decision from Guardiola, you know, for all the holding midfielders talk. There was also the setup with the pressing where it left the fullbacks exposed and the fullbacks had to push right up and then it was basically two-on-twos or three-on-twos against City centre-backs and all of that stuff. But moving Foden around and having De Bruyne as a false nine, kind of Foden and De Bruyne were in the same kind of areas and they they were limited and it was just to get Sterling into the team based on what? Like, it was very, very unusual. Um it was very unusual, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And then, well, then the summer well, comes along. He, he obviously goes away with England, and I remember, I remember saying in the build-up to uh, to the tournament to, to non-City fan friends that I didn't think he deserved to be a place in the England team because of of what his form was like in the back end of last season. And then, lo and well, behold, Foden was playing on the left, so I was yeah. like, well, I'll just play Foden. Just play Foden there. And then, lo and behold, he has a great tournament with England. Scores the scores in uh, wins over Croatia, Czech Republic, Germany. Just absolutely blitzes it, and we think, okay, so okay, he's had a good, he's had a good international tournament. Reset, new season, let's start again. Um, obviously, no preseason for City, and because England got all the way yeah, to the yeah. final, he was really late coming back, and it, 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 it's a really hard start to the new season. And then he's thrown straight in in the opening day against Spurs. So, I, what did that do? Where, how, how did you think he played in that game? Um, well, I think that has to be conditioned by. And I'm going to bring in Nadam here, not in person this week. But um, he he was saying, he was like, look, if you have like a couple of weeks off from training or whatever, and then you go back to training, that first session is a killer. Well, you get back up to speed. Really hard. So he was like, so he was like being asked to play in a full Premier League match with barely any training. He was like, no, thank you. Awful. He was saying it would be absolutely awful. So the fact that Sterling played, and I think he was... I mean, look, the output wasn't great, was it? But in terms of the positioning and and trying to force things to happen and stuff, it was all right. It wasn't great. But like I say, in the context of no preseason training and how hard that is, fine. Like I, 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 I can't slate him for that because you know it was it was obviously very difficult to do that, and the fact that he could do it and would do it. Well, I was going to um, say, does that show a level of trust from Guardiola? Uh, yeah, it does, I think. But, you know, Guardiola always talks about players who who don't need much training to, to come back in. And Sterling's always been one of those, hasn't he? Like after He doesn't get injured very often. But whenever he has, you know, or whenever he's had, he's been away or whatever, Guardiola's always been like him and Gabriel Jesus can just come back in straight away, no problem. Um, but yeah, mentioning the England thing and the start of this season, um, you know, Nadam said, because I mentioned Sterling at the end of the Chelsea podcast, and Nadam was like, patience. And I was like, well, Patience was Sterling in what sense? Because, you know, we've just talked about how I don't think he's been quite right for just getting on for two years now. And the, you know, the output's declined for sure. So I'm not really sure where Patience comes into it exactly. But in terms of the start of this season, because, you know, with these things, maybe it's not all the same problem. It's just you keep getting bad breaks. And maybe the latest bad break is the fact that he did so much for England during the Euros and it was such a kind of, I guess, an emotional time being in that camp. Um, and he did, obviously, he did he did so well, so much energy, so much effort. I imagine he would be so gutted after the final. Um, I've seen an article, so we're recording this on Thursday morning. I've seen an article by Jack Gaunt um, and I think he's been asked to do a general England thing, but, you know, Stones hasn't played. Um, Sterling's struggling. Kane's struggling, but, you know, Kane, there's other reasons for that. You think may, maybe it's just a kind of hangover from the Euros in the sense that everyone's knackered. Yeah, it came. It I finished. Think, so late. I, I mean, think, the, the, the other side of it, from a city point of view, 
One of the things that I think is really unfortunate for, for someone like John Stones, for instance, is he had a great season last season. He was fantastic and deserved yeah. his place in the England team. But it's pretty obvious that because England got to the final and he was playing so well with England and the fact that he had to then wait for his chance at City, I think he'd have started this season had England not uh, had there not been an international tournament. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah, all things being equal, and you know, you, you come back, you've got two or three weeks pre-season and everyone's fit. I, I don't think you could have not picked him because he would have gone straight in from last season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, he's he's been unlucky and lost his place to Laporte in a very similar way, but not exactly the same, in a similar way to how obviously he won his place back from Laporte last season. So yeah, so there is that. And, you know, maybe in terms of the patience element, maybe the England players are coming back. And I've heard somebody at work talking about um, United's England players, um, maybe I don't know if it's physical, but maybe you know, a kind of mental hangover, and I'm not sure how, exactly how that um, kind of manifests itself. But that's an interesting thing as well, and maybe it does get to the stage where Sterling plays himself into the season, um, and you know he's flying again. So yeah, um, that that is possible as well. But I mean, it's it is definitely you know he can turn it around for for whatever reason. But it is definitely the case that you know something's something's not right there, yeah. and I think because I think in the media we are quite scared of Raheem Sterling. Um, and risking his wrath, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about the stuff he called out a couple of years ago, because obviously, you know, a lot of us reporters we wouldn't go near that shit anyway. But just in terms of his power now, and you start saying he's had a row and he's 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 done this and he's whatever, you know, if you start getting called out by Raheem Sterling, you're in a difficult position. Yeah. And you remember when, and again, to kind of tie in all the England stuff, the City stuff, the going into the Euro stuff, um, the Nadem stuff, actually. When um, Sterling was asked after that first England game if he justified his selection, remember he was like, he looked oh, yeah, genuinely yeah, yeah. surprised, didn't he? And he was like, trying, trying. But like, fuck me, City fans, and I'm sure a lot of City fans who'd kind of been frustrated with him or maybe even slating him, they were going, oh, stupid reporter, what's she asking yeah, that yeah, for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, like, that's not a question. You don't ask that question. That's, yeah. That, and she I got remember a load of shit. that was a bad question. Yeah. Do you really? Well, I yeah, thought it was yeah. fair enough. And I said this to Nadam, and Nadam was like, well, why are you bringing that to Sterling? Because do you think Raheem's going to be listening to all the stuff on the outside? Like he, like for him, yeah. there's no question whether he's going to be in the England team or not, because he always has been. So for him, it's not even in question. It's not even in doubt. Why, why would you ask him that? But I'm thinking, from a media point of view, there's loads of fans going into that tournament, as we already discussed, thinking... This guy shouldn't play. He didn't start. He didn't finish the season well. Foden's playing on the left instead, so Foden may as well play. Sancho's stock was higher then, so there was an argument for Sancho on the right. You know, there was a lot of people going into that game, and you know, England fans haven't always got Sterling either, and that's what my article was about. Really, England fans started to appreciate him now and see what City fans see, but also now City fans are kind of see what England <laughs> fans saw for so long. It's a weird reversal, but like, the England fans have never really been sold on Sterling, even you know his goal output has been improving over two years. Nearly three, actually. But um, not to the extent they did in the Euros when it kind of burst into life and now everyone's like, oh, a lot of people are like, okay, yeah, he is really good. But by that point, there was a question around people didn't want him to play. So I think, a fair I, question to ask. I mean, maybe a bad question in terms of, oh God, don't ask the guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I, I, think, I think if you're going to ask the question, I think it goes to the manager. Possibly. But also, it's an open goal, um, which... No, I'm not going to make that joke. It's an open <laughs> goal for Sterling to say, "Well, yeah, I have. Like, I've always believed in my form, or you know, I've, or even, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, I'm not. I'm not saying he shouldn't have been chippy about it because I probably would have been as well. I'd have been more of a dick, I imagine. But it was an opportunity for him to say, "Well, yeah, like I've, I've always done really well for my country. I'm scoring a load of goals, and I scored today. And yeah, I mean, look, yeah, like I probably wouldn't have been so eloquent in the moment either. But I remember it not being a bad question, and also I think it was not a bad question because there was a lot of debate about it, and because we're having this conversation now. Um, yeah, you know what is what is going on with Sterling, and I think that row is, you know, that row is obviously part of it for sure. Like that, like that's like we can't we can't downplay that. Look, we are we are scared in the media of talking about it too much. And I spoke to somebody somebody else who knows him, and somebody who knows him better than the person I was speaking to recently. I was speaking to him in the summer sort of about City stuff and he was like, oh, it doesn't look like Kane's happening. I was like, oh, I don't know, we'll see. Um, and he was like, there's, there, there's going to need to get rid of a, play, a few players. I was like, yeah, there, there's a there's a few there's a few options. And he was like, oh, who? And we ran through him and he was like, and I was like, Raheem? He was like, well, he goes, yeah, but he was like, that's not really been reported that much, has it? And I was like, no. And he was like, why? He was like, why? I was like, well, 
if anyone talks about Sterling in a negative sense, like now, it's just, like when he when he downplayed that rail in the first place because it was that stupid Reddit rumor, you know. So on that clip of me waffling on before that you played, which was really hard to listen to, um, we talked about the the reports coming out and the. It, the the player wasn't necessarily named, but on the Sunday there was that screenshot from Reddit saying Sterling Foden De Bruyne blah blah blah, and it was mad and it went everywhere. People were going, "Have you seen this? Have you seen this?" And Sterling denied that, or he was like, "There's some mad stuff going on today," but that's it's not true. Well, I mean, I don't know if he denied that or he denied the first one anyway. But it was easier for City fans to believe and understand that that was bullshit because that was that Reddit version was bullshit. But what was true was the the more underground kind of blue moon rumors on the on the Saturday. And that's why, if you listen to the clip you played of asking Pep after the Fulham game, you know the, the questions were, "Oh yeah, where's where's Raheem today?" Then he goes, "Oh, he's all right. Is he is he going to be back?" Because like we knew, or we, or we had a good idea at the time that something was going on. We just trying to to dig into it. But by the time he denied it on the Sunday night, it's like, "Oh God, you can't be so careful now." Because you know, if you've got yeah, Sterling it. coming out against you, and and City coming out against you, and playing down this stuff, you know, Guardiola in the next press conference saying, "Oh, nothing happened," or whatever, then. Then it's difficult, um, yeah. but yeah, uh, but I mean, it, I, I think it, it's undisputed now, really. Well, let, let's bring it back to this season uh, because after that Spurs game, he's then since been involved in uh, nine of the following games: three starts, Southampton, Wickham, and PSG. Six sub appearances, uh, and he scored once against Norwich. Um, here's Guardiola. Guardiola was asked about him ahead of the uh, Liverpool game and after the PSG game um, about his uh, performances. Uh, this is uh, Guardiola explaining why he went with Sterling against PSG. Raheem played really good as a striker last <laughs> game against PSG. He created incredible spaces for. All of us, he created uh, one special clear chances like Donnarumma was exceptional saving, and another one with the left and the movements he had that we needed in that specific game. We spent so quality the start to zero to pass to zero to one hundred movements or speed the zero to one hundred. Uh, he did it exceptional. So that was Guardiola before the PSG game. A um, couple of questions, Sam. Uh, this one from Chris Booth. He says, uh, should Sterling be given a run of games in the central forward role? I feel like he only oh, has done it in like patches it. previously. Uh, thought he looks bright versus PSG and Liverpool. And then Erdon asks, uh, where do you see Sterling's game time coming from? Will it be mainly in centre forward? I don't like I don't like the centre forward thing. And again, maybe this isn't me having patience and maybe I need to give him more time to get over the Euros if that's the if that's the case, to get used to the position. But I think Torres is better as a number nine. He looks more ready at the moment. Although I don't I'm not I'm not fully convinced. You know, I don't think he's going to be the clinical answer. He might get he might get City by in a few games this season, but I don't think he's going to be good enough for to example, go with him in a big game when Guardiola can just go, okay, we're going back to false nine or or whatever, which he's obviously done at Chelsea and Liverpool. Yeah. Um I don't like the striker thing. I don't know, is Torres seems a bit more capable of hold a play and link up play and Sterling's touch Sterling's touch isn't great compared to Grealish and Mahrez is it like it's obviously you know he's a Premier League footballer but compared to those two who just trap it and carry on like it it does kind of you know it just kind of lets if there's a switch of play kind of lets it hit his knees or his stomach and let it bounce it's it's just a bit untidy so the link up play dropping off back to goal I think Torres is a bit bit better at that although he's I've said a million times if, if if he's having a bad game he doesn't um, you you won't see him. Obviously, he scored a couple of goals for Spain again, and people will be keen to see him, and I'm sure we will see him. But okay, yeah. Long story short, I prefer I prefer Torres there. And where's he going to play? I don't know because now you've got the case where I, I guess Foden. If if everyone's back from international break fit and all things being equal again, I guess Foden will play on the left after the international break. So then you've got an, a situation where people will be talking about Grealish, um, and maybe Grealish goes into midfield or or plays through the middle or whatever, but I guess he'll just have to be on the bench for a bit because, you know, that's normal rotation. But then where does that leave Sterling, which was always the situation in the summer? Like if Greenish just play on the left for a bit before he goes into midfield, where does that leave Sterling? Um, and the other answer is the right-hand side. Now, people asking about centre-forward, I want to see him on the right. I want to see him on the right. That was well, my question to Guardiola yeah, last I've, Friday. I was going to say, you asked him that question um, and I've got his answer. So uh, let's have a listen to uh, to what, what Guardiola said in response to should Raheem Sterling play on the right? No, he can play there, but to start the season, Gabriel, they're in that position that they play really, really good. Uh, for that game, we need, uh, especially guys like uh, with uh, his one against ones with Jacques and Rihad could attract more opponents to the PSG players to create the spaces in other areas. 
and we need more specific, but we need a guy who runs in behind for right to left. Brahim is the best that we have in our squad. It depends sometimes of the opponents or the way we want to attack or the specific players that we need. Sometimes we need a, spe a specific uh, quality for that. But uh, I would say Rahim can play play good in right, 100 points, play good, incredible good in left with 98. And as a striker, always have the sense, the movements, always create something for himself in front of the goal. So like Ferran, both are so good making movements in behind in that game, especially the way he trained in the last week. So. I considered, I thought he was able to, to do good performance that he has done. So that was obviously Guardiola ahead of the Liverpool game again, uh, talking about Sterling on the right. Uh, Cam asks, is it time to give Raheem a run of games on the right? Jesus was industrious against Liverpool, uh, but we were toothless on that side. Sterling's out of form, but how is he going to improve if he's warming the bench? Uh, well, good, good question. But this is the thing, like in football, we want everyone to be everything to be resolved and have a nice tidy you know story ending, really but but there but there isn't one at the moment you know how is he going to play without how sorry how is he going to improve without playing and he's not going to is he you know but where is he going to play is he going to play on the right um jesus you know mark did mark mario started at spurs as well didn't he but then he hasn't started the premier league game since um jesus obviously then did really well in the second and third games against norwich and arsenal and then when it came to Chelsea and Liverpool, Pep obviously wanted hard-working, high-pressing players. And Jesus, you know, that's what you're getting. And he did really well on the right uh, in both games, um, particularly Anfield, even though he scored at Chelsea. Um, so you've got a situation where Mares isn't in the team either. And he's played very similar minutes to Sterling. I think he's he started both Champions League games and the League Cup game, but one in the Premier League. Sterling's played two in the Premier League, started two in the Premier League, um, one Champions League game and one League Cup. So they both had the same amount of starts, which isn't enough. So you've both got them um, potentially vying for minutes on the right, but um, uh, you've got Jesus there as well. So it is it is a tricky one. It is, it is like, I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I would like to see him on the right. But yeah. as you know, I asked Guardiola, and I asked him in the in the way that I kind of have to now. Where I'm like, look, I know Sterling's really good, but what do you reckon's playing him on the right hand side a bit more? Um, and he, you know, he was like, he can play really well on the left, which I know he can play. He says he can play well enough through the middle, which I'm not sure about. But okay, if Pep says it, then he knows more than but I, I do. Uh, just and he can on, play really well on the right, but he doesn't play him on the right very often, does he? Well, just on what he said about playing him through the middle, because he kept talking about the movement that he makes and it creates opportunities, and like. I, I understand that, but if it creates opportunities that City don't take, uh, do, do you see yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Is, is yeah, there a point to it? Yeah. for other people who can't score anyway. Yeah, yeah and it's like... Because if City aren't going to take those chances, then why not shuffle it round to get Sterling in a position where he might improve his own form? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, I think there's probably also... Um, so Guardiola said about the PSG game, like it came down to, you know, how he picks the team based on efforts in training and that kind of thing. So he said Sterling had been training really well. So, you know, he played him through the middle and obviously he made those kind of runs to create opportunities for other people, which is, you know, fine in theory. Although, because I suppose you've got to expect that the others are going to save, you know, score those chances. Um, so fine. So obviously there's something in training where, you know, Pep just had that feeling based on whatever, that Sterling is the right man to come on. And obviously I guess that was also the case against Liverpool and maybe, you know, he's, I guess, is he faster than Torres? Torres is quick, isn't he? But he's probably faster. But your question about making runs and creating chances for other people, I'm thinking, well, if he's running in behind against Liverpool, what happens when he gets to the box? Would it not be better to put Torres on for that? Because I don't think he's extremely clinical, clinical but I think he's better in front of goal than Sterling is. But again, like, what's the point in me questioning Pep, really? I know that's literally <laughs> my job, but or the, when it comes to things like this, he knows more than I do, doesn't he? Does does the, the last kind of five minutes of conversation, though, is that does that hint to us that the team has evolved? And has it has it evolved in a way that, that has, has almost left Sterling behind? Because it's no longer Sterling on the right, Sane on the left, Aguero through the middle, and City stretch the game, blitz the play, blitz the play like that. It's a lot more intricate. And and when you look at, at that 18-19 season when he when he was mainly on the left, there were you could talk about the classic Raheem Sterling goal. He would cut inside and bend it into the far corner, and that was City was scoring quite a few of those. And now, yeah, the, the opportunity for him to do that from the left doesn't really seem there. 
And the opportunity for him to to be on the right and stretch the game in the, in the same way that City used to in 17-18 doesn't seem to be there. So, like, where are they attacking? And 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 how does and, and and does Sterling have a role in that anymore? And that's not to say that he's not good enough to have a role in the in in, in the team anymore. It's just to say that that yeah. maybe he's, he doesn't really fit anymore. Or is that too harsh? Yeah, I possible. don't know. Is is, is that it's too possible, harsh? But I mean, but you know what, Claude? No. Well, I mean. The thing is now with discourse in football, everyone's kind of looking to. I don't know. I feel like if you say anything that's, oh, you know, you know, what I'm like anyway. I'm not somebody who says, "Oh, he's shit, get rid of him." I'm very much not like that at all. But I, I do also feel like anything that is kind of honest in making a point and having a and having a difficult conversation about this. You know, the other day I tweeted about Cancelo's and his ridiculous passes into the final third over the last three games that City played, and. I was like, well, I don't think he's a great defender because I don't. I think I think he's very good, but I think you know he, he can have lapses, um, probably more so than Walker. But I was like, if I just praise his attacking contribution, people are going to say, oh, well, he can't defend, blah blah blah. And I was like, if I just say, look, I don't think he's a great defender, not terrible, but not great. Um, but as an attacker, he's fantastic. But then he just like you just get you know any kind of things about any kind of comment about a player or a club that's not positive, it's just immediately open to you getting abuse. So you saying, does he not fit anymore? It's Again, it sounds like one of those big statements. And again, probably not helped by our own employers when they crop him up and say, Sam Lee says, <laughs> certainly doesn't fit in a Man City anymore. He's declined over two years. You know what I mean? This kind of stuff, you know, that's how media's kind of been, you know, we're our own worst enemies in that sense. But I think I think it's a valid point to make. I don't think it's too harsh because you're right. Um, the, the game has changed in the sense that, well... It did at the end of last season when Foden was the one keeping the width on the left and Mario's was cutting in from the right. Neither of those things that Sterling does. But you know, Grealish started the season on the left and he cut in. Um, there'll be games when Pep wants that. You know, there'll be games when he wants a false nine. There'll be not games when he wants a nine running in behind. Um, so I think there'll be opportunities. But I mean, it is end of last season in particular. It was a fair point in terms of not fitting in. But I think you know he he will have a role. And ultimately, if he gets back in the team and starts playing well and scoring again, it'd be one of those where Pep will just say, "Okay, well we'll we'll go inverted on the left." Because don't forget, at Christmas when things were turning well, after Christmas when things had turned around, Pep was like, "Oh yeah, we went back to ABC wingers wide," and like Sterling was on the right for a bit of that. But Mares soon came into the team, and that in inverted winger on the right-hand side came back in and that was because Mahrez was playing so well. So yeah. Sterling could do that on the left, I think. If, if I mean, if Jesus is stretching the pitch on the right-hand side, then there's there's no reason to think that it couldn't yeah, be exactly. the opposite last season. I think yeah. so. I think so. Yeah. I'm um, going to finish, Sam, with a question from uh, Dig Vijay who asked us, uh, why is Sterling getting so much criticism? He's been decent. He got goals and assists even when he yeah. had an off-season. His runs behind the defence and positioning is one of the best in the world. He's probably the best striking option right now. Pep asks him to do a particular thing and he does it. That's why Pep plays him. When he comes on, he creates so much space for others through his dummy runs. He's doing good right now. Why do the vast majority not feel it? Also, I would like to hear about his contract situation so um i mean the co- the contract thing will come to in a minute sam uh first off reaction yeah. to to the question yeah well he's been decent what does that mean like, like i said before and this this basically ties into why why don't other people see it it's for everything we've just been talking about he's not he's not played at, at his level his best level for two years i remember after the watford game he didn't play against that watford game when city won eight nil but it was around that time when he'd started the season really well i think he was an I think I read was that in Ducker's piece as well. He was annoyed that he didn't play in that game because he thought he could, you know, go and score a load of goals. Um, and that was on the back of eighteen nineteen when he did really well. Came into the season and people were talking about him being, um, you know, one of the best, one of the best forwards in Europe, which is the world actually. So it would have been one of the best forwards in the world. But I guess people didn't feel comfortable saying that. And it was around the time was when Hazard moved to Real Madrid and people were saying, well, you know, he's he's as good as Hazard. He's more consistent and all of this. That seems like it forever ago. You know, even if he is playing decent, which I've said, you know, he's playing well enough at the moment in terms of, you know, making runs and that that kind of thing. But it's not Sterling's level. And that's why, if, if I'm going to answer on behalf of other people, but also just my, give my own view, like it, that's why it doesn't look like he's up to much at the minute because the goals are gone, you know, and he's, he's, he's missing chances and he's kind of losing the ball easily. And and these kind of things. So yeah, like okay, making the right ones, fine. But fuck, can have a t- 
get City get by by the end of the season. By this logic, City are going to have a team of people who make the right fucking runs and don't score any goals. <laughs> like, like we, they, I'm going to write 50 articles saying didn't they play well? Shame they didn't win, but they played bloody well. Like that's the way the season's going at the moment. Obviously, it's not. I said the, on the podcast last week. I'm sure they'll have if they play with that kind of commitment in the games against you know Burnley and Southampton or whatever, which obviously they didn't against Southampton. But going forward, if they play with that kind of energy and commitment, then they'll score enough goals from the chances they create but yeah. like if we yeah i mean if we're just going oh yeah well the runs are good then you know we're not going to get anywhere and it's i know i wrote an article a, a bit on torres's runs after the arsenal game but it's movement fc at the moment as far as the number nines are concerned like okay fine the runs are good but you, you know get, get city, the ball didn't, with the net, lads. Yeah. city didn't spend want to spend 150 million on kane because he makes good runs you know it scores the goals so yeah, yeah like okay and again, I go back to the point of maybe there's some kind of hangover from the Euros and, and patience coming in there. But I mean, if the question is why why are people disappointed in Sterling's form, I was like, well, I, I simply refer you to the last two years of his form. Yeah. Um, final question. As, on, as for the contract. Well, sorry, I was going to say on the contract, well, um, what's the state of play with it? Because uh, it only occurred to me doing the Blue Moon podcast last week that uh, I know he's in negotiations, but I don't know when it expires. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know oh, how right. long no, his contract expires at the end of next season. So he's right. in his last two now. So now it's that magic date of if he's not signing one, if it goes into next summer and he's not signed one, and he said, like, let's say for argument's sake, he said he's not going to, then it's going to be City cashing in, maybe. Because he's only got a year left, and his value will have dropped. Yeah, but it's is, better than nothing. So that's what the situation is. Is he negotiating um, it himself? Of, he's got no agent. Yeah, he's got no agent. Yeah, which doesn't help. But um, a contract's easier to negotiate without an agent than a transfer. Because how are you having conversations with Real Madrid and Barcelona if you haven't got somebody to have those conversations? What are you can do do it yourself, maybe. But it's hard. Um, so yeah, it's hard um, when there's two games a week as well. And I remember it being said in the summer, you know, there was, you know, I was saying, you know, City would sell him this summer if he, if he says he wants to go and all this, you know, which we've covered a million times. And there was a couple of reports saying, oh, Sterling's fine and City's really happy and he's going to sign a contract soon. And I was like, it's one of those where you think, bloody hell, like, am I am I way off here? Is he going to really sign a contract like that soon? Um, and I was like, but I, I was like, I can't see. Like, even even if, let's just say what I think or know is 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 not true. Or like, or like uh, I don't have the info regarding his contract at that point in like June, July. I was like, well, why would he sign a contract straight away anyway? Like, it just doesn't. That just doesn't seem to be the vibe at all. And obviously, we're here now, and yeah, um, could I think, uh, you know, City will offer him one or have offered him one. I'm not. I I, I can't actually tell you if they have or will. Um, but there, there were discussions in the summer about okay, yeah, look, welcome back. What's going on? But it would be a, you know, if you're happy to stay, then. Yeah, great because you know his value as a player and as an asset and whatever. Could um, a could a new contract and putting pen on paper could that could that settle things down and, and help him recapture the form? Better certainty going forward. But if he doesn't want to, in terms of hypotheticals, if he doesn't want to, then no. Yeah, and you know at the end of last season he was one of these players who would have been happy to move on. Yeah, but it's okay. easy to talk about Jesus and Bernardo because they're not going to call you out in the media generally. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to come back round to the very first question that we asked Sam from uh, Alec Wood. Do you believe that's still in concern? It round. I- I'm going to say yeah um, for the for the various reasons we've talked about already. But to be brief, let I mean let's let's suppose that there's some kind of Euros hangover. So patience there, okay. Even if not the case, he's playing so well for England that he shows that he's got enough individual ability still. That he's still you know still a really good player. Um, I'm sure he'll get opportunities for City. You know maybe like. Stone's got his opportunity last year and now Laporte's got his opportunity again. You know, these things happen in football. Um, so we get to run a games. Um, yeah, that. Yeah. Let, 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 let's just go with that. And if not, then, you know, we'll see. But yeah, I think there's, you know, he's he's a good enough player and he's in a good enough team where surely those two things marry up. Um, and if they don't, then, well, be, be an interesting story. But we'll yeah. have to cross that bridge again later on. I'm, uh, I'll be honest with you, Sam. I'm not ready to see him go just yet. I, I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm a big Sterling fan. I think he's. Am been... I right in saying as well that like I can't say I can't speak for every City fan, obviously, but to, like people want him to, yeah. to do well, don't they? People don't dislike him. They might be f- really frustrated with him, but don't dislike him. 
Yeah, I think I, I think the way the way he transformed um, the the city team under Guardiola in seventeen, eighteen, eighteen, nineteen. I think that I think his performances in those two seasons were like there was a point where if if Sterling was not in the team, I would look at the team and go, "It's going to be hard today." And yeah, while, he's, yeah, while, yeah. while he's not at that at that level anymore, I do. I honestly like you. I believe he can get back to that level, and I would like to see it back at City because I would hate to see I would hate to see him move on. And see him achieve that somewhere else. Basically, I think I, I think he's I think he can still be so good for City, and that's that's what I want to see. Yeah, and again, that's kind of why why we're talking about this now. And to answer to answer that, the question about what, why are people not seeing what he does, like because what he's doing now is not that. You know, if he's in the team, people are thinking, "Oh, City got a real chance today." Or if he's not in the team, people aren't thinking, "Oh God, no, still." If he's not in the team, no one's batting an eyelid at the moment. You know, this is this might not happen, but if Greenish doesn't play in a couple of games after the international break because Foden does, let's say the front three is Foden, Torres, and uh, Jesus, Jesus, then which which is feasible on form, you'd go with Foden and and Jesus, and let's say Torres comes back after the international break and scores another couple of goals for Spain and does really well. Like, oh, Grealish, hundred million pound, he's not playing, but like nobody's nobody's really taking any notice. The Sterling's only started two Premier League games. And one of them was as a striker. One of them was the first game, so he really is finding things hard to come by at the moment. So, yeah, it is a it is a mad it is a bit of a mad situation considering how good he is and considering how big a player he is for England and in English football. Yeah, well, uh, everybody listening to this will know how he's done for uh, for England over the weekend. We are still in that yeah, moment no where, where we'll find out. So uh, we'll come back to you on that in future. But again, it's not like, you know, even if he scores a trick for England, it's like, that's the whole point, isn't it? He's playing really well for England, but not for City. So, yeah, interesting one. But if he does, if he does do really well, then I'm sure the hope will be, right, come back, do that for City. And maybe he plays through the middle as a number nine against as against Burnley and does really well. And there we go. No problem. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, that brings us to the end of this week's Why Always Us. Thanks as ever to Sam Lee. Thank you very much. We'll be back again next week ahead of the Premier League's return. Don't forget, you can sign up to The Athletic right now with a 33% discount. Just use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic.